Blog Talk Radio. Warning. You have entered the realm of the gods. So give us your mind and your full attention. So you say you deal with esoteric information? I never heard of such. Well, you're in for a treat.
Ha'ate Washita East, Brother Fahim Wotranil. I'll be your host for the night. Dr. Lane is on the road, so I'm filling in for him tonight. And our topic to be tonight would be part two of coming out of the matrix. Yes, first I'm going to read this a few, about two or three lines to you. It says here, Our society is ran, or our society is run by insane people for insane objectives. I think we are being run by maniacs for maniacal ends, and I think I am liable to be put away as insane for expressing that. That's what's insane about it. That's a quote from John Lennon. Those, those you know anything about the Beatles, uh, he was uh, assassinated back in the 80s for expressing certain views as I just read to you just now. I'm going to read something else to you. It says here, Sit down before fact like a little child and be prepared to give up every preconceived notion. Follow humbly wherever and to whatever of this nature leads, or you shall learn nothing. This is by T.H. Huxley. The third one and the last The most dangerous man to any government is the man who is able to think things out for himself. Almost unedible, he comes to the conclusion that the government he lives under is dishonest, insane, and intolerable. H.L. Mencken, American writer, 1880-1956. Okay. I'm here to the hope everything uh, is going uh, all right for you all for this week so far. I know a lot of you probably had seen uh, dealing with a lot of the foolishness, dealing with the the election, the convention, the Republicans and Democrats, both of which, which are the same. Those of you that are enlightened enough and that are conscious enough to know that, but those that you are not, uh, they're the same people. It's like uh, the Colombo family and the Bonanno family, crime families in New York. They all both organize crime. A lot of these have been put on, you know, for a show. Uh, a lot of people think these people are enemies of each other, but they're actually not. They go out and they go to parties together. They drink beer and go to each other's homes. And and the like, you know. So I'm to those who you're not conscious enough to to, uh, to see through these things. I'm this is what I'm this is why I'm telling you this now. It's all part of the matrix. All part of the matrix. And this is the only way we can come out of the matrix, especially us as Asiatic people, Aboriginally Aboriginal and Indigenous people, is our nationality and following our nationality papers. 
Okay? This is the first, very first step of coming out of the matrix. Okay, I'm going to go into some here. It says, meet your straw man. Now, this is dealing with mainly with London, England, but it's the same here and all over the world. Okay? It says here, this is a picture of the Houses of Parliament in London, England. Let's have a little quiz. Who meets there? What do they do there? Do they help you in any way? Same thing as the White House or the Capitol. The same questions apply to them too as well. If your answers were members of the government, they represent all the people living in the country, and three, yes, they create laws to protect me and my family, then let me congratulate you on getting every one of your answers wrong. And that's right. If you answer any yes to any of these questions, you've got them all wrong. The government has never done anything, or the system, I could say, they've never done anything to help, especially poor people. Never in our benefit or the benefit of our hearts. It has always been to suck us dry, to let us all pay the bill, or we can say the butcher's bill. Let me go on. Didn't do too well on that quiz. Okay, let's have another go. Number four, when when was slavery abolished? Number five, was slavery legal? Number six, are you in debt to a financial institution? Here are the answers. Number one, the serving officers of a commercial company. Number two, they think up ways to take money and goods from you. Number three, no, absolutely not. They have they help themselves and not you. Number four, slavery has never been abolished, and you yourself are considered to be a slave right now. Number five, yes, slavery is legal, although it is not lawful. I'm going to repeat this again. Yes, slavery is legal, although it is not lawful. You need to discover the difference. And a lot of people, most of the people in this society do need to discover discover the difference. Only thing about this type of slavery is more covert than it was overly done. Back during before, long before the Civil War and during the Civil War. But after the Civil War, it's more covertly done. Covertly meaning more hidden. That's the matrix. That's the matrix. When you were a slave and not knowing you were a slave. Number six, no, you are not in debt to any financial institution. Does this seem a little strange to you? If it does, then read on. Those in power have a big, big secret. Paying tax is optional. It is. But most, of the vast majority, or the majority of us, think it's not optional. They think this is what we are supposed to do. 
because we have been raised to think that way from generation to generation to generation to generation. Let me go on here. Getting a license is optional. Registering a vehicle is optional. Paying a fine is optional. Attending a court is optional. I'm going to stop right here. Well, attending a court, I would advise you when you uh, get a ticket or whatever, I advise you to go to court. I advise you to go to court. Although it's supposed to be optional, he's right about that. But still go to court and be on time. The reason why I'm telling you this because I have seen this in the courtrooms. I've seen this in the court. They say so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so have not appeared in court today. And the sheriff will say, here he, here he, here he. Notice three times. Three times. Same as the Masonic Law. Dot, dot, dot. All rise. Same thing in the court. Dot, dot, dot. And they have to say, here he, here he, here he, so, 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 have an appear, such, 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 such a date in this court. Well, the uh, request uh, for his arrest and put out a bench warrant out on you. And they, whenever they catch up with you, they will lock you up. Okay, let me move along. You can if you want to, but you don't have to. Surprise? Well, try this for size. Every mortgage and loan is fully repaid from day one. Those of you that have homes, those of you that have homes or buying a home or think about buying a home, I want you to listen to this carefully because this is all part of the matrix we all live in. Okay? All right. Let me see. Let me repeat this again. Okay? Listen carefully. Listen very carefully. Every mortgage and loan is fully repaid from day one. You can pay it again if you want to, but you don't have to. If nobody has told that you that you have a straw man, for this could be a very interesting experience for you. Your straw man was created when you were very young, far too young to know anything about it. But then it was meant to be a secret as its purpose is to swindle you, and it has been used every effectively and various to do just that ever since it, it was created. And it has. Like I say, this has been done, this been done to people from generation to generation to generation to generations. And it's still going on today as I speak. That's why you will never own your children. You will never own your children, but your children will never belong to you. Those those of you that know what I'm talking about, but those of you that don't know what I'm ta- talking about, this is for you. Perhaps it is about time that you learned about your straw man and how you can stop it being used against you. Knowing about it is the most important first step. You need to go on a journey of discovery, and I and I am afraid that what you are about to discover is not very pleasant. 
However, if you decide to act on what you learn, it could change your life for the better. If you think that you are in debt, then you can can get out of it if you are willing to stand up for your rights and refuse to be swindled any longer. Interested? This is the question. Are you interested in coming out of the matrix? There's nothing really to be afraid of. All does it take all about of the people's willingness, willingness to come out of it, to study and to learn, okay, to learn on what's really going on, to learn the occult workings of this so-called government structure. Okay. If so, then let's start at the beginning and find out where your straw man came from and why you should care about it. It all started when your parents had a happy event and you entered the world. You don't know exactly when that was because you were not aware of the days of the week, the months of the year, or even what year it was. Okay, let me keep going on. Even after some months had gone by, you still were not aware of these things. But by that time, your straw man had already been created, and it was being used to make some very unscrupulous people rich. None of this was your fault. It happened because your parents were fooled into thinking that they needed to register your birth and get a birth certificate for you as their parents their parents before them, and their parents before them, and their parents before them, and their parents before them. So they applied for a birth certificate, not understanding what would happen when they did. Well, then, what did happen? According to the local authority, one, they lost ownership of their baby. Two, they allowed a straw man to be created. That's what they done. It's like when you get a car. Uh, same thing when you get a car, a home. You register it to the corporate uh, to the corporate government or to the corporate ward state. Ward is another mean another legal lease for slaves. Of those that didn't know that. Okay? Child is born. They all belong to the corporate board state. Your children, uh, even even your wife, you and your wife, when, when you apply for a marriage license, as they say, as the, as the justice of the peace say, and the power of me in the state of Missouri or in the state of Illinois and the power of me, the state of New York, or the state of Maine, or the state of Texas, and the power of me, you are man and wife. This is all the matrix that we need to come out of. Okay, let me move on. This is not something which they can be blamed for, 
as nobody told them it would or even could happen. Nor did anybody tell them what a straw man is or how it can be used against their baby. In actual fact, the registration is, is a contract. And in reality, it is null and void because there was not full disclosure by the local authority, nor was there attempt to contract on the part of the parents. That's where when you say in the UCCs, uh, uh, you are when you say when you sign things, all rights reserved or without prejudice or dishonor. That's where that comes in at. When anything is not fully disclosed to you. Or any intent to or consent. All of this is slavery by consent. A lot of us were. Slavery by consent to be in the matrix. To be in the matrix by consent. A lot of things that's going on now today has been going on for, for, for years, for years, for years, for years, for centuries, and nobody seemed to be seemed to catch on yet. People are just going on, walking along, along their business, going to work, going to church, going to school, going to the store, or whatever going to some nightclub, uh, whatever, you know, and don't really, really, really know what's going on. They think they're free people. But it's hard to tell them that they're not. It's hard to tell a slave when they don't know they're a slave that they're slaves. It's hard to tell Anyone, when they don't know, they're in the matrix, that they're in the matrix. Okay. The registering, the registering of a baby's birth actually passes ownership of the baby to the local authority, and, and that and that alone allows the local authority to sta- uh, staff to, uh, to take the child away from the parents. And, and this goes on every day. Every day. All day long. If they ever want to do that, that applies until the child reaches the age of maturity. Let me say this again. This applies until the child reaches the age of maturity. Set by the current legal statutes, usually be 18 or 21, all right? Doing that is not lawful. But after birth has been registered, it is legal. See, legal and lawful are two different things. A legal status, uh, like people, our people calling themselves black, African American, people of color, which is the which is the uh, the usually the normal uh, term they use today. Well, Asiatic people. Back in the day, was colored and was Negro. Now it's still black, African American, and people of color. A legal status, or what we will say, 
those that are conscious or cognizant will say a legal fiction, a prima facie. It is a legal fiction, a status. Okay? Not an identification. See, I mean, they are explaining to... uh, I'm going to explain this to you right now when I read this. It is legal, and there is a world of difference between those two terms. I just got to explain it to you. A difference, which, which it is, very important that you come to understanding clearly, and, that, and you should. So what is a straw man? A straw man is a fictitious legal entity created with the hope that as the child grows up, he will be fooled into believing that he is actually the straw man, which he most definitely is not, and pay all sorts of imaginary costs and liabilities which get attached to the straw man by con artists. How is a straw man created? Okay, well, here's the answer to the question. Well, the mechanism involves the unnecessary birth certificate which the parents imagine is about and belongs to their baby neither of which is actually true. If the baby has been named James and the family name is Martin, then you would expect the birth certificate to have the, uh, the name James Martin written on it, and that it is what it is written on it. That, uh, that's all is well, and it is a genuine birth certificate. However, if any other name is there, then the document is not a birth certificate but instead is the creation of a straw man masquerading as James Martin. The alternative entries might be any of the following examples. It has an all capital names, capital J, capital A-M-E-S, capital M-A-R-T-I-N. Now you have a Mr. and small case, James Martin. Martin, Martin James, or anything else which is not exactly James and Martin, and nothing else. And now I'm explaining to you about this part here. Now they're not using any three national names with this because this is actually meant for the so-called sovereigns, the Europeans that that uh, that that uh, the Europeans that are, that are here. And James Martin, all uh, located in James Martin, but it makes still makes any difference. It's still James Martin, and this is why a lot of them are going to jail, or a lot of the that's not working for them because they are not the Aboriginal or Indigenous people of this land. In order to be a sovereign, you have to be Aboriginal Indigenous of this land. You have the Aboriginal Indigenous history, blood lineage to this land. And they are not. And there's nothing, I'm not saying anything racially biased against them, anything like that at all, you know. But it is what it is. And I'm here this evening to speak the truth. Okay? Okay, so why create a straw man? The question, okay, the answer is in order to change or to charge 
the straw man imaginary causes and penalties and fooled the human James Martin to paying those amounts. These imaginary charges include income tax, council tax, inheritance tax, capital gains tax, road tax, import tax, value-added tax, fuel levy, loan interest, bank charges, and anything else that full-time professionals can think of and are confident that you will not notice that you never agreed to pay and don't need to pay. Now, here we come with, with uh, the term legalese. Legalese. Legalese is a secret language invented to trick you. It is used. It uses English words, but attaches secret meanings to those words with the sole intention of stopping you believing that what they are saying to you has nothing to do with the normal meaning in the English language. Their purpose is to cheat you and rob you. Okay, here's an example. They will say to you, do you understand? I'll say this again. They will say to you, do you understand? In English, that means, do you comprehend what I'm saying to you? And the automatic response will be, yes. Meaning, I do comprehend what you are saying to me. But these sneaky, underhand people have changed the meaning in legalese to mean, do you stand under me? Meaning, do you grant me authority over you? So that you have to obey whatever I tell you to do. The police will ask the same thing when they come read you your rights. They will ask you, do you understand these rights I just read to you? And most people will say yes. Yes, I do stand under you, under your jurisdiction. You are already admitted to jurisdiction. Cuff on you and haul you off to jail. Because you gave them your consent. You gave them your consent. all part of the matrix. These are some of the things you need to uh, to learn to come out of the matrix. These are things you need to study, 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 and study to come out of the matrix. That's why when you go into a courtroom, when you're in a courtroom, when they ask them, the judge asks you, how do you plea? Then you tell them, I come to uh, uh, claim common law jurisdiction. And they ask you, how do you please? You said that I, 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 uh, uh, for, the re- for the record, and let the record show, I do not consent. And I waive the benefits. That's what you do. Put yourself on the mercy of the court. Okay, let me move along here. What makes it even worse is the fact that 
they will never tell you that they have switched from English to legalese. Of course they're not. And if that is not dishonest, underhand, and unscrupulous, then I don't know what is. If if you answer the question, believe me, that English is being spoken, then they pretended that you are contracting with them to become subordinate to them. Whether or not that is actually true is debatable because that is effectively a verbal contract between you and them and for any contract to be valid. And there has to be full and open disclosure of all the terms of the contract and then unreserved assessments by both parties. And in these cases, that has most definitely not occurred. All of these are contracts. You go to a courtroom, they are contracts. Driver's license, uh, all kind of, every license, they are contracts. They are commercial instruments. Okay, but what is the point in all this? The question is, well, this maneuver is intended to trick you into agreeing to represent your straw man. Stop right here. First of all, you don't represent, you present. You're always presenting yourself. You cannot represent yourself and no one can represent represent you for you. Okay? Now, it says here the question, why? Ah, now, that is a good question. But to answer it takes a bit of explaining, and you need to understand the overall situation. All humans are born equal, with complete freedom of choice and action. If you live in the same place as a lot of other people, then there are few restrictions which have grown up by common consent over time. These restrictions are for your protection and the protection of the other people living near you. These restrictions are called the law, or more accurately, common law. What did I just tell you earlier? When they ask you for a plea in the court, you say, no, let the record show. I say for the record, let the record show I play in common law jurisdiction. It says here, they are few in number and very easy to understand. They are. You must not injure or kill anyone. You must not steal or damage things owned by somebody else. You must be honest in your dealings and not someone to anyone. These have resulted from hundreds of years of disputes which have been dealt with through using common sense and the opinions of ordinary people. People, they are the only limitations on you, and if you don't want to abide by them, then you need to go to some isolated place and stay away from other people. Many people think they are hundreds of other laws which they have to keep and new ones every other day. That is not so that is not so. 
those other things you'll call statutes and keeping them and keeping them is optional for you, the human, but they are not optional for your fictitious straw man. And this, and that is why the people who benefit from those things want to persuade you to represent your straw man and to become and so become subject to all their invented restrictions and charges. If you knew that they were optional, would you agree to it? Hell no. Give me give me give most of our earnings away in taxes and similar charges. Pay to own a vehicle, pay to own a television set, pay to drive on roads which were built with your money. <laughs> pay to drive on roads which were built with your money. Be forced to join armed forces if you are told to. But they have the draft has <coughs> the draft has been outlawed since uh, well uh, I won't say outlawed because they could uh, put it back. <coughs> uh, they could they can put the uh, back again if they want to. No, put it back in the system if they want to, but. Uh, the last the last draft was I believe in nineteen nineteen between late nineteen seventy two and early nineteen seventy three, and then in nineteen seventy three uh, they had stopped the draft. No one has been drafted into the service since. Okay. Let's start right here. It said the, uh, let's see, okay. But somebody said to be elected a government to represent us, and and so we have to do what they say. After all, they have our best interests at heart, don't they? Hell no. Well, that is a nice thought, but it's actually true. And so, let me read this again. Well, that is a nice thought. But is it actually true? Hell no, it isn't. You think that you elect politicians to represent you in your government? But that is not what you actually do. That is a part of a very careful, fostered illusion intended to keep you in your place and giving most of your earnings away, typically 80% of all you earn. Part of the secret is that what is supposed to be your government is actually a privately owned for-profit company or corporation. And all that you do when voting is help choose the serving officers inside the corporation. It will never make the slightest difference to what happens in the future as the the corporation policy or corporate policy and actions are controlled by the owners of the corporation. And they are not influenced in any way whatsoever by what you want. Because they don't care what you want. As far as they're concerned, it's not about what you want. It's what they want. Think this is far-fetched? Think. Check it out. We are done in Bradstreet. 
or any other places with places with records that's setting up a performance of the 160,000 commercial or 160 million commercial comp- uh, corporate or uh, 160,000 commercial companies worldwide. When you do that, you will discover that, for example, the House of Commons is a commercial for profit company, which is Congress here in the United States. No, that's what says here. The Bank of England is a private company. The Federal Reserve here in the United States is a every court and every police force, and even the Secretary of State for Trade and Industry is a corporation and not a person. But a person can be a corporation. You need to get that straight. A person can be a corporation. A artificial person can be a corporation but not a flesh-living being. Okay. But says somebody, we elect a government to represent us, and so we have to do what they say. After all, they have our best interest at heart, don't they? No, they don't. Well, that is a nice thought, but is it like, yeah, I read this already, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I read this already. Go on to something else here. Okay, just in case you are not aware of it, the purpose of any commercial or for profit company or corporations to make money for its owners and shareholders, if there are any. The people whom you think of as the government don't do anything which earns money. Instead, they take money from you, and the main job is to make sure that you don't realize that they are in the same position as IBM, which takes away a $250 million of your money every year, of the public's money, that is. So why are the pretense of, of there being a genuine government, which you elect and who serve you? They don't want you to understand that they're just running a corporation, produces nothing of any worth, something like a a betting shop where almost every customer loses money and wake up to the fact that, unlike that, you have been told all your life this is all optional and you don't need to play their rip-off game any longer unless you want to. They want you to be so burdened down with paying them money and working so hard and so long that you don't have the time, money, or energy to stop and think about what is happening to you and your family. Now, what they are talking about, you could take, the, for instance, uh, what they call the so-called national debt, which there is no national debt. I think I've uh, mentioned this uh, several times and several blog talk uh, 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 shows I gave in, in, in different lectures. Uh, I'm saying this again. Uh, the reason why they want everybody to work so hard is just to give them all of their energy and labor because there is no money, because actually there is no national debt. 
There is no national debt. There is no national debt. It does not exist. It's another legal fiction. A fictitious legal fiction. That's all it is. Really. It does not it does not exist. Okay, let me move along here. They are desperate to stop you from just walking away from their scam. And so they make every effort to connect you with the fiction, which is your straw man, because fictitious entities like commercial corporations can't have any dealings with a real man or a real woman. They can only deal with another fiction, like your straw man, but it's essential that they fool you into believing that you have to act on behalf of your straw man, which you don't. I'm going to start right here. Now, you notice uh, for you, for you that, uh, for those that uh, file a lot of their nationality papers and have their nationality cards, you know, that's uh, part of the reason why, you know, we go to the bank and they can they tell you we can't use this. And they can't because it's a non-commercial instrument. A lot of our nationality cards are non-commercial instruments. And then a lot of times they tell you, there are few boys that know that uh, <coughs> can use them. But you have to uh, do a lot of uh, uh, lawful procedures to get that done. But in most cases, uh, most of us cannot use our nationality cards. They'll go to a bank to cash a check, uh, to do other businesses, you know, and so forth, because it's a non-commercial instrument. Your driver's license and your state ID are commercial instruments. Now they can work with you. The reason why they can't do nothing with your nationality cards cause, um, because you are you're representing or you presenting a free man or free woman. As some people say, the sovereign woman or sovereign man. Okay? Okay, let me move along here. They have a number of well-proven methods of distracting you and keeping you from finding out. They want you to see a great deal of entertainment. Ball, football, hockey, soccer, movies, music, sports, events, and the like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Even strip joints. You know, Sex, cars, money, or so-called money. It's the matrix. It is the matrix big time. Not because there's anything wrong with entertainment, but while you are watching it, you will not be asking awkward questions. And you won't, because the television actually hypnotizes you. Have you ever noticed when you tried uh, to talk to someone and you almost have to yell at the top of your voice, at the top of your lungs, to get their attention because they're hypnotized by that television? That's what's going on. 
Okay. Also, they are very careful that both entertainment reinforces their make-believe world and makes it appear to be the real world where everyone is under the government. Police officers uphold the law. Taxes are essential in order to keep things going. And things which are said to be bad for you, for you, you are taxed heavily not to make money, but supposedly to encourage you to avoid those things. Even having certain uh, TV programs. One time I was watching, uh, I don't know if you remember this uh, uh, program on TV called Little House on the Prairie. And in one episode, they have a messing over these people so bad, taking advantage of them, taking their land that they worked so hard for. And then one man said, I think the actor's name was uh, Michael Landon. He has, he has passed into transition since then. Uh, but he was saying that, well, well, you know, this man was telling him how it was in a foreign country, you know, and how bad it was there. This is the trick that they put on the people's heads and their minds in your TV programs. But they were being messed over so bad that this this man said, well, I guess it can't be too bad because if it's good, if it's good enough to live in, well, we might as well just be satisfied with it. Are you talking about some real mind control, brainwashing techniques? That's it. Well, hell, for one thing, they ain't got no choice but to live in the country. It's not theirs. That's from the begin with. It says here, the government police officers uphold the law. Taxes are essential in order to keep things going, and things which are said to be bad for you, you are taxed heavily not to make money, but supposedly be to encourage you to avoid those things. I said it already. Okay, to move along here. They also have another very effective technique, and that is fear. That is fear. That is fear. How many of you uh, saw the movie V for Vendetta? How many of you really understood that movie? The movie is kind of old now. It was back in 206 and 207. I mean, people know what that movie really was about. Most people say it was about the New World Order. Well, yeah, it was. But but what it was main topic, this main topic was fear. How did all that became the New World Order? How all of this thing, how did these things happen? Let's say, say, I remember when somebody was saying, and uh, I think it was a book I was reading, and it said one of these days a lot of people are going to be so dumb and stupid and be fooled into a lot of trickery and one day and one morning they're going to wake up and find themselves into a totalitarian 
rule like state, police state, like Nazi Germany, and wonder how did this happen? This is part of the matrix. The matrix got him. The matrix got him. says here, they want you to be afraid, afraid of imaginary terrorists, afraid of disasters, afraid of new diseases, which they, with the new diseases that they put out every day. The chemtrails, vaccines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera war with us. After World War Two, the the US and other people like Britain and France were against Germany, Italy and Japan. Now since they got rid of them, now they declare war on the people. Now they declare war on the people. But the matrix was already in full swing before World War One, World War Two, Because they control the thinkings of the minds of the people. Had them thinking one way. And then next thing you know, have them thinking another way. The matrix at best. Let me go on here. So afraid of foreign countries, afraid of the economy doing badly and inflation rising. If you doubt this, then take a look at the news and count the numbers of positive, uplifting news items. Not that many. It's not that many. It's not designed to bring a lot of positive news items to you. You wear it. Keep you in fear. Let me move along here. And the number of negative or depressing news items. It doesn't take much in the way of research to see the very heavy negative bias in the news. The reasons behind this is to make you feel that you need a government and an army to protect you from these supposed dangers. It is, it is, it is easy to keep the news items biased that way because all of the major news agencies and media outlets in the world are owned by only five or six privately owned commercial corporations. So to supposedly connect you to to the straw man which they created for you when when your birth was registered, they used the legalese technique of conning you with the names of the straw man. If you are ill advised enough to go to a court, which is a corporate place of business, a bank, a corporate banking place of business, I may say, because the bench, the judge's bench means bank, and it deals with water, like the river flows through the river bank. A whole lot of things like your courtrooms. Uh, some courtrooms, 
some courtrooms, I can say all of them, some of, uh, that's where you have the prosecutor on the right side and the defense on the left. Because the right, uh, most of the time, are always, is always stronger than the left. Deals with Roman law. The right has the sword, and the, and the, uh, the prosecutor has the sword, and the counsel for defense has the shield. All right, let me move along here. So, to suppose, so supposedly connect you to the strong man, which they create when your birth was registered. They use the legalese technique of conning you with the name of the strong man. But uh, you are hold up. <clears throat> Skip this page here. Legally, personality titles you such as. Mr. Dr. Lord, PC, QC, or whatever you are not asked for as they are not required. The accused is actually the legal personality, which is the name on the birth certificate. So when they ask for the person's name, they are talking to the legal personality and not to the human. This is because a human cannot exist in the legal world. Not a flesh and blood human, that is. Let's see this again. This is because a human cannot exist in the legal world. Lawfully, in the lawful world, but not a legal world. Only pieces of paper can, and that is something which they are very careful not to tell you. This is a really key issue. Natural law and common law are the only laws which apply to the, every flesh and blood living being, and they deal with only with harm, harming other people or causing them loss. And outside of those restrictions, a, a flesh and blood living being has free and unlimited entitlement to do anything to choose, which he or she chooses, which complies with these principles. Now, like you know, to hear the, you hear. Um, um, such term, lawful terms, I, I, I may say, uh, not legal terms, but lawful terms. Uh, you can say, um, what is the word, how you say that? I forgot what it was, but I, I, I think of, I think of it later. So let me let me move along here. Okay. As the legal fiction of the legal personality was created by the corporation called the United States Corporation, it is that company which gets to say what the rights and duties are for the piece of paper. Okay? Another tr- another trick they try to play on you is to imply that a summon, summons is something that you must obey, while in fact it is only an invitation to attend their place of business, and this is correct. This is correct, but I still say when you have get a summons to go to court, it's best for you to go. Like I said before, and I say it again, because if they catch up with you, you're going to jail. And I'm sure that a lot of you have more time more better things to do with your time than always going to jail, always going to court and jail all the time. I'm sure you do. 
Okay, they are not inviting you, the man, but instead they're inviting a legal personality to their place of business. And please note that there is a choice. That is only an invitation. But I already told you what that choice should, should be. So, all right, we're not going to even deal with that. The legal personality is just a place of paper, a birth certificate created by the commercial corporation called the United States Corporation. It is not the human. You can't be forced into a contract. So they have to deceive you into entering into a contract, one without understanding what you are doing, and which goes on all the time, every time, every day, all day long across the Union States and all over the world, really. Because all the other countries are nothing but corporations. When World, when World War One was going on, and the U.S. and Britain, France defeated Germany, all that was about corporate takeovers. That's all that was about. Dealing with debt, because every high percentage of the money earned being taken away from the average person, it is not unusual for people to end up with what looks like debt. Most people spend their time worrying over the statement of what they are told. They owe and do endless calculations to see if if they agree with the numbers which they have been sent. Again, this is part. This is the sort of a misdirection which magicians use to fool audiences, distracting their attention away from where the action is really taking place. Here's the question. It is really not how much is owed, but instead it is, is, anything, is, it is anything actually owed? No, because there's no money. You need to remember that any financial institution is a legal fiction and does not actually exist. As a result of this, it can only deal with other legal fictions, essentially other pieces of paper, and it can't have any dealings with a man or woman as they are, because they are not legal fictions. They can't deal with a natural man or a natural woman. They cannot. Only the artificial woman or artificial man. must be in your, as they say in the Latin, impropria persona sejuris, meaning in your own, in one's own proper person, in one's own right. There's also on your uh, nationality papers. Everybody must understand what that means.
going to read some here from the administration's functions enforced by the Moore's Holy Temple of Science of the World. From the ADEP chamber. Okay. Find this. Bear with me here. Okay. The prophet makes plea to the nation. Our divine and national movement stands for the specific grand principles of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. And I, the prophet, am applying and am applying to all loyal, faithful Moors, members, and the American citizens to be to help in my great uplifting of fallen humanity among the Asiatic race and nation. For I have suffered much and severely in the past through misunderstanding of what the movement was dedicated to. See, this is where this is where your studying comes in at. Knowing what you're doing. Okay, let me move it on. It is the great God Allah alone that guides the destiny of the divine and national movement. I know all true American citizens are identified by national descent, names to answer and apply to the free national constitution of this free national republic of the United States of America. That's why I am calling on all true national citizens to help me morally and financially in my great work. I am doing I am doing to help this national government for what without a free national name with the descent flag of your forefathers there is not a national divine title of the government in which we live. This is from your true and divine prophet and to all American and foreign sympathizers. All right, let me go on. Moorish leaders' message to America. In connection with the aims, objects, rules, and regulations of Moorish Science Temple of America, I deem it proper to submit to you a brief statement of our organization, covering its inception, rise, and progress, and the Mohammedan religion, which I hope will be satisfactory to you and, and by the means of causing you all times to adhere to the principles of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice in your relations with mankind in general. I further most anxiously hope this brief statement will help you to help you to more clearly see the duty and wisdom of all times upholding those or those fundamental principles which are desired for our civilization of our posterity, such as obedience to law, respect and loyalty to government, tolerance, and unity. Excuse me. We organized at the Moore's, Science Temple, Moore's Temple of Science in the year 1925 and were legally incorporated as a civic organization under the laws of the state of Illinois on November 29, 1926. The name Moore's Temple of Science was changed to the Moore's Science Temple of America. May 28, in accordance with the legal requirements of the Secretary of the State of Illinois. Okay? I just wanted to put that out there. 
wanted to put that out there, okay? Just dealing with some of the more science that a lot of you should be studying when you get into the nationality and birthright. Falling for your nationality and proclaiming your nationality. Okay, I'm going to deal with the Constitution for a little bit here. Just bear with me here. Okay. Okay. Here we go. About the Constitution. When was the first meeting held for the Constitution for the United States of America, of North America? The first meeting for the Constitution for the United States of North America was held on May 25, 1787. It was adopted over a year later on July 2, 1788, and went into effect on March 4, 1789. The Constitution was ratified about two years after the Treaty of Peace and Friendship between the United States and Morocco, which was ratified by the 25th day of Shalom, the 1200th year of the Moorish calendar year, which corresponds to August of 1787 A.D. and and the year after domination. Now, this is this is what I want everybody to know when you're coming out of the matrix, okay? Why are there only ten lawful? Why are there only ten lawful amendments? to the Constitution for the United States Republic of North America? That is a question, okay? Here's the answer. There are only 10 organic amendments to the Constitution for the United States of North America. These 10 amendments are known as the Bill of Rights and were adopted in the year 1791 A.D., in the year after domination, there has never been a constitutional convention. I'll read this again. There was never, there has never been a constitutional convention called in the history of the United States since that time. What it is saying. There has not been a constitutional convention since 1791. An order for Congress and the House of Representatives to to meet has to be a convention. It has to be a constitutional convention. For them to meet, for them to convene. Okay, therefore, any alleged amendments after the 10th amendment, meaning the so-called 11th amendment and all others that had followed it, are not lawful, avoid ab initio, and are not a part of the Constitution for the United States of America. I want you all to remember that what I just said. Peace and friendship ratified in 17... 
1787 and part of the Constitution for the United States Republic of North America? Yes. The Treaty of Peace and Friendship between the United States of, of America and Morocco. 1787 is a part of the Constitution and is binding law. Now, most people think they're talking about Morocco across the Atlantic and Africa. That's the Moroccan Kingdom. Here is the Moroccan Empire. That's why I had a lot of these so-called scholars arguing with a lot of brothers, uh, uh, brothers like Dr. Reggie and Professor Larry when they're talking about Morocco. What are we thinking about Morocco? What you mean, Morocco? Morocco uh, crossed the Atlantic. But they didn't, they didn't know that that's the Moroccan kingdom. Over here is the Moroccan empire. They need to learn that and know so they can know what they're talking about. Okay? It says here, how is the Treaty of Peace and Friendship deemed as binding law under the Constitution for the United States Republic of North America? The Treaty of Peace and Friendship is binding law in all the states of the United States and is affirmed as follows. Article 6 of the Constitution for the United States of America states, all this contracted engagement entered in before the adoption of this Constitution shall be as valid against the United States under the Constitution as under the Confederation. The Constitution and the laws of the United States, which shall be made in pursuance thereof, and all treaties made or which shall be made under the authority of the United States, shall be the supreme law of the land. And the judge the judges in every state shall be bound thereby. Anything in the Constitution or laws of any state, to the contrary, notwithstanding, the senators and representatives before mentioned and the members of the several states, legislatures, and all executive judicial officers, both by the United States and of the several states, shall be bound by oath or affirmation to support the Constitution, but not religious tests, but no religious tests should ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. That means there is no religious required of any person running for office. That's not a requirement. But you hear a lot of these idiot people out here talking, arguing about on what religion is he, especially Barack Obama? Yeah, but he's a Muslim. He doesn't make any difference. There's no religious requirement for that. Him to hold office. No, a lot of people need to know this. have a lot of people that want to debate with the Moors and uh, uh, some of them I believe ain't nothing but agents anyway you know those are ones that are still in the matrix those are ones if you find any uh, scholar or so called black scholar talking about black power power to the people black this, black that black the other they're still in the matrix the makes has got them. Especially the older ones. They should have learned, they should have uh, climbed up, up to a higher level of learning 
an understanding of who we are we are by now. Like I said last uh, week uh, in the blog talk show, they were saying that shit when I was 15 years old, back in the 60s. I'm a man going on 64 years old. I've learned to climb to a high level of learning of who I am and understanding of who I, who my people is. How come they haven't? No, because they want to stay in the matrix. I'm read from you uh, this book. Uh, it's called The Africans and Native Americans. Okay, from chapter three. It says here, Negro, Black, and more. The evolution of these terms are applied to Native Americans and others. Different tendencies in the use of Negro and Black. It says here, in 1854, the California State Supreme Court sought to bar all non-Caucasians from equal citizenship and civil rights. The court stated the word black may include all Negroes, but the term Negro does not include all black persons. We are all we are of the opinion that the words white, Negro, mulatto, and black person, whenever they occur in our Constitution, must be in their generic sense. I'm going to read this again. We are, um, we, are, we are of the opinions that the words white, Negro, mulatto, and black person, whenever they occur in our Constitution, must be taken in their generic sense. Now, what is he, what, what is he saying? He's saying those are adjectives. He's saying that all persons that are trying to identify themselves with adjectives must be taken in their generic sense. You know what generic means? It means something out of the original, something other than original, something other than natural. Okay? It says here that the words black person in the 14th Section must taken must be taken as contradistinguished from white, would necessarily include all races other than the Caucasian. Now, as the convoluted to the quote may be expressed, especially a strong tendency in the history of the United States as a tendency to identify two broad classes of people: white and non-white citizens and non-citizens or semi-citizens. The, the tendency to create a two-caste society often clashes with the, with the reality of a territory which includes many different types of people of all colors and different degrees of intermixture of European, American, African, and Asian, American Indian people, whether of unmixed ancestry or mixed with other stocks, were at times at times affected by the tendency to create a purely white black social system, especially when 
when living away from a reservation or the tribal homeland. In the British slave colonies, colonies of North America along the Atlantic coast, many persons of American ancestry were at times classified as blacks, Negroes, mulattoes, or people of color. And these terms were, of course, used for people of African ancestry. A lot of you got that? Okay. The manner in which Americans and part Americans were sometimes classified as mulattoes and people of color from New England to to South Carolina and to the colonial empires explored elsewhere. The people here is to illustrate how the term Negro has been applied to people of American descent. See what I said? See, what I'm saying is a lot of things that we as cognizant, cognizant or high-level conscious boards have been saying all the time about Americans, about us being the original Americans, Asiatic people, that is. See, I'm going to read this again. The purpose here is to illustrate how the term Negro has been applied to people of American descent. The concept of Negro needs first to be analyzed in terms of its historical development, as noted elsewhere that the late medieval period in Italy and the Iberian Peninsula saw people being variously classified as Albo, Alvi, Blanco, Bronco, White, Nero, Negri, Negri, Negro, Negra, Preto, black, and all its intermediate colors, Lara, Loro, Lalor, Berent, Berentini, Ruffo, Pardo, Alocaster, etc., etc., etc. It is apparent from the evidence that the term Negro or its equivalent was not used for a race or for a single stock of people or to point to ancestry or ethnicity. It was usually a simple description for perceived color or appearance. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Read it again. It is apparent from the evidence that the term Negro or its equivalent was not used for a race or for a single stock of people or to point to ancestry or ethnicity. It was usually a simple description for perceived color or appearance. Because when you talk about black people or white people, you're being descriptive. <clears throat> you're describing what the, uh, a certain group of people, uh, people look like. But that's not their identity. That's not who they are. Okay? We find many instances why the color Negro is used when describing persons or Negro. Algo, Loro, or Loro, Kasi, Negro, etc. That is, it is quite clear that the perception 
of color is being described and not ancestry, ethnicity, or race. Muslims or assassins are often described as noted earlier in, in terms of being Negro, Blanco, or Loro, for example. So what they, what, by their description, by their description, they're saying that the Saracens were Moors, or so-called black. Okay? In, 14, in 1543, the Spanish crown ordered the mulatto could not be taken as slaves to the American Americas under the general license for Escobos Negros. Okay? And, other, and on the other hand, there's his tendency to... I'm going to skip a paragraph here. <clears throat> on the other hand, there was a tendency to also utilize the term Negro as functionally equivalent Moor, which is in German, M-O-H-R, which is in German, Moor, M-O-H-R, Moor, M-O-O-R, Moor, M-O-R-E, German, Dutch, French, in a very broad sense. See, when I'm, I'm starting right here, what they're saying is that Moor, M-O-R-E, so those uh, Europeans received the last name Moore. That shows you that they're somewhere down, some down where down the line somewhere in their family history, they were slaves under Moors. They were slaves under Moors. This is the part of history. This is part of the matrix. This is the matrix that's keeping you from finding this out, that's been suppressing this huge part of our history in this country. And this also proves that a lot of our children, uh, they're still not being taught United States American history. They never, well, we never was uh, taught history, real history. We never was taught history. Just a fictional account of it. Those who are in power, their agenda. They don't never want that out, that we once had power over them. The makers don't want you to know that. Okay. Says here, Albert Durer, for example, although certainly aware of the existence of Americas, it is recorded as stating that there were only two types of human beings, white and black, as in parentheses for black, more. The Portuguese, as we shall see, also tended to use the term Negro to encompass many non-African people. Says here again, the Portuguese as we shall see, also tended to use the term Negro to encompass many non-African peoples, people whose skin color was a shade of brown. It should appear that in this sense, black can be can be conceived of as a opposite of white and in, and in a dualistic mode of thinking. All the humans must logically fall into one of the two categories. In this usage, Negro or more almost become equivalent to non-white or third world in recent usage. We must, however, briefly explore the use of the meaning of more. 
M-O-O-R-M-A-U-R-I, Moro, M-O-R-O, or Negro, Negre, etc., or Negre, etc., arriving in any premature conclusions. Nevertheless, and summarize that it can <clears throat> it can say that by Negro equivalent is meant a range of color shades for humans, generally dark brown, always less extreme than true. Black, but approaching the darkness of black, and also including very often people of medium shades of browns whose color seems to contrast sharply with white or clear shades, as they call it. Now we come to the term more. Okay, it says here the term more. The term more and its equivalents were widely used in late medieval and early modern Europe, according to Salmonette in this uh, in this study of the language was spoken by the Mozarabs, uh, Christian Spaniards under Muslim rule under 1492, Moro, A-U-R-O, mean Negro and correspond to the Castilian usage in which Moro was applied to horses, whose color was Negro. The corresponding Moor, French, Morus, Hispanic Latin Moor, Moro, Valencian, were derived from the Latin Moros, and ultimately from the Greek word meaning Oscuro. Here says Moro, Negro, Ombre. The color of those forms stem from Latin Moros, also from Greek, for the dark color of the Mauritanians, a Moros people of Northwest Africa. And the Morozabic, Moro and Marino, talking about male. They're talking about us. Moreno is for women, for women Moors, okay? According, uh, corresponding to Castilian, Catalan, and Portuguese, Moreno, that is, less than black, darkish, Porto, French, uh, Moru, Italian, Morello, etc., were derived from the Latin Morulus, Morellus, diminutives of Morus and Morus. All kind of names. But this is one the color spectrum came in. They are talking about Negro and all that, that they're being descriptive. It says here, the use of more in Dutch language will be discussed below, but here it is a useful to note that the medieval Dutch understood by the term a very dark color, so that the color of coal was compared with that of a moor. Also, it was said, St. Swart, Gillick, Denmore, he is black as a moor. That's the word, the word, a term black a moor comes from. So look at him. He is dark as a moor. He is black as a moor. They've been descriptive of what the moor looked like. So this is what's... Uh, Hold on here for a minute.
Okay. Says here, in the connection, it is significant to note that in 1506 in Valencia, named Catalina from Mauritania, was said to have had a bastard child. The terms Ulo and Mulatto are not used. However, such terms were not used in many cases involving children born out of wedlock during the first quarter of the 16th century. We can't fairly certain we can be fairly certain we cannot be fairly certain that prior in the 1530s at least mulatto was not used as a designation for illegitimate children. But this is dealing with I'm just talking to you about dealing with our birthright and nationality issues. You know, when a lot of people want to apply American to Europeans, or, or, or as I should say, so-called white people, you are giving away your birthright. You are keep giving them your birthright. I had a discussion with a sister. She really, she really didn't know that Moroccan, Moroccan and American were one and the same. She really didn't know that. And I had to explain it to her. You know, uh, she said, I'm not an American, I'm not an American. I'm not an American. I said, well, uh, so-called white people are not Americans. And she was stunned when I said that. Then she said, well, but I'm not an American. So you're saying, you're saying you're not an American, but you're saying you're Moroccan. Yes, I'm Moroccan. I said, sister, you're saying the same thing. No, I'm not. I said, Moroccan and American are one and the same, meaning. How you figure that? I said, sister, all it is, the sound shift of words. It's a play on words. And I told her to go to the Internet, go on the website, and find the 1828 Noah Webster's Dictionary. And it will tell you that when the first Europeans landed on these shores, they found a copper-colored people. They found that the Americans were a copper-colored people, but now took on the title of being Americans themselves. A lot of that comes from a lack of understanding, a lack of not studying, a lack of not reading, where you can understand a lot of things that's been said to you. A lot of people don't know we are Moroccans, but we are Moroccans. The Moroccan Empire. I always remember that. When somebody want to come to you and say, well, Morocco, over there in Africa, that's the Moroccan Kingdom. The Moroccan Empire is here. That's when they talk about the Sultan when they signed the, the Treaty of Peace and Friendship between Morocco and the United States. The United States is the corporation. Morocco is America.
Because before that peace and uh, treaty, but uh, uh, treaty of peace and friendship before before that happened, they had transferred a lot of their people. They were kidnapping from Europe, all over England, Ireland, Scotland, all over the British Isles, all over the United Kingdom, and from France, Germany, Poland, Norway, which is the Scandinavian part of Europe by the hundreds of thousands kidnapping so-called white families and their children. Or what was the old English word, kidnapping. K-I-D-N-A-B-B-E-R. Kidnapping, where the word kidnap comes from. That's where the word kidnap comes from. So kidnapping their people bringing them on ships across the Atlantic Ocean to the Americas. And they want you to think they've been coming back and forth, back and forth across the Atlantic Ocean and not be molested. No, they had to pay tribute payments to the Moors to land on these shores of America. They had to pay tribute payments to the Barbary powers. The Barbary powers are talking about us, the Moors. And sometimes the, the Europeans were paying tri- uh, tribute payments, and sometimes they will seize their, ships, seize their ships anyway. This is what the Matrix don't tell you. You don't know a lot of these things because a lot of you, some of you are still in the Matrix. The Matrix don't want you to know this. The Matrix don't know, want you to know that a lot of our people own land in the South. They own land during the, Confeder- during the Confederacy, when the South was under the Confederate government. Because a lot of our people were Confederates themselves. They had, they had enslaved our own people, of course. That's what you always hear. But what you don't hear, that they are also enslaved Europeans too, or what you call so-called white people, by the hundreds and thousands. That's why some of their names are Moore, M-O-R-E, Morrison, Morse, M-O-R-S-E, and the like. At the time of the Civil War, there was only five slave European families in the South. But the North wanted to do away with a lot of the southern state sovereign rights dealing with us because we had a lot of land, a lot of land in the South. And that's what that Civil War was actually was about, believe it or not. Like I say, you need a study book. Study. Uh, uh, if you can afford it, get the book, The First World Order, to Asura Aline Nutapak Bay. Get his book.
He shines this book, he shines light on a lot of that. I was watching on YouTube the last night, and there was a lot of Asiatic people in Confederate Army uniforms. Yes, in Confederate Army uniforms. And they were uh, waving the Confederate flag, and a lot of other brothers and sisters couldn't understand that. That's because they don't know real history. They don't know real history. They've never been taught. None of us have actually been really taught real history of the United States of America. They were taught United States of American history. What you have been taught about the United States of American history is a bunch of junk. And not real history, y'all. This is what's been going on. But some of the, uh, like a lot of, I mean, one of this one sister had, uh, I don't forget what state it was. I don't know if it was in South Carolina or Georgia. She climbed the uh, skyfall to snatch down the Confederate flag off the pole. Now, that was very courageous of her. But she didn't really, really, really know what she was doing. She probably, more likely, she probably thought that she knew what she was doing, but she really didn't, because she thinks and believes that this is that that she has been taught real American history. This is the Matrix at works, at work. This is the Matrix. She's still in the Matrix. The Matrix got her. Uh, how many of you heard of the Battle of Bull Run? The first Battle of Bull Run. How many of you know that the artillery cannons that were fired at the Union soldiers were Moors in the Confederate Army. How many of you know that? And the Confederate Army won the Battle of Bull Run, the first one. They won that battle. Because it seems like the Europeans can hardly win a battle without us anyway. Whether what side they on, you know. I mean, let's let's tell the truth. Let's tell the truth about it now. Like I say, they ain't saying nothing biased against them uh, because they, you know, got a different complexion, skin complexion than ours, and hair texture is different than ours, and phenotype is different than ours. They don't have anything to do with that. It is what it is. Okay. Okay.
get here to see find this book here. Like I say, you know, you must start uh, studying your nationality and birthright. You must get that in check. You know, that is the very, very, very first step of getting out of the matrix. A lot of people ask, well, uh, how do you get out of the matrix? This is your uh, number one step, which is the big step, which is actually, which is the biggest step. The rest is secondary. Speaking, yes, I'm speaking about the UCCs and the non-UCCs, the authentication of the birth certificate. Although the authentication of the birth certificate is a must because it's it's unclaimed property and it's out for the grabbing. Like I told told you last week, out for the grabbing, grabbing, by a lot of those Wall Street bankers in New York and the, the corporate banking industrialists across uh, uh, all over the world. I know you've been told this many, many, many times before. If you can never get uh, to your original or get your original birth certificate, you will find that all banks all across the world have names on the back of it beating off of you. Well, you get some a lot of these moors talking about they don't de- deal with authentication of birth certificates. They don't need to do that. All right then, okay. But meanwhile, you can't even pay a gas or electric bill. Talking about you can't pay a house note or a car note. A lot of you need to think about that. Let me get back in the books here, okay? Okay. Let's see now. The the Portuguese use of Negro for Americans. Why would they use Negro for Americans? For the original Americans, why would they use the term Negro? Hmm. I don't think I have to answer that. Most of you know the answer to that already. Okay, let me get into this. And so far, the use of Negro is the equivalent equivalent for Americans. Is concerned, it is well to begin our analysis with a brief review of usage in the Portuguese language. First, it must be noted that the Europeans generally regarded the Americans as being of an intermediate color, Prado, Loro, Berentino, or Olivester, Olivester, Olive, Olive shade, what they're talking about. For example, in 1519, it is said that the Brazilians, that is, they are not black or white, but of olive color. Hmm. Let me say it again. 
That is, they are not black or white, but of olive color. But the same writer also remarked that the Brazilians, canoe men, he saw were so black that they could have been taken for sailors on the Sea of Sticks. Hmm. Another Italian in 1533 described them as the color olivastro. Hmm. That is, olive-colored and almost black. In 1492 to 93, the Caribbean islanders were said to be of laurel color. White more than black. But in 1524, the Carolina coast people were said to be of dark color, not much unlike the Ethiopians, with lighter colored people farther north. Thus a range of color was perceived with some being almost white and some of darker shades. Hmm. For, for, from 1549 through 1565, the letters of Jesuit missionaries in Brazil, usually addressed to colleagues in Portugal or Spain, frequently referred to the Americans as Negroes. To the Americans as Negroes. Hmm. You ain't got to wonder why, okay? They're being descriptive, okay? As well as using terms such as gentiles, pagans, or brassies, and other forms of Brazilian and Indios. In April 1549, Manuel de Nobrega, the leader of the Jesuits, addressed a letter from Bahia to Samuel Rodriguez, and Lisbon, which he referred to the Portuguese in Brazil as, as living in sin because of their having many Negroes and lots of children by the said by the sad black women. The editor of Seraphine Leite notes in a footnote, Nagras, okay, named Negro. Thus, the Jesuit father called the American women living with Portuguese men Negras a term which, according to Leite, could not have could not could not have denoted people from Africa, because in 1549 there were few or no no African women in Bahia. Nothing less, Nabrega also uses the word Indio. Think about it. Why would they use Negro for Americans? Hmm. Hmm. But being descriptive, because Negro and Black mean the same thing. Because Negro, Negro actually. When they said Negro, they actually meant a hat or a coat or a pair of shoes, not people. But they use that term to disconnect our people from our nationality and our birthright principles. The Dutch slave masters and other European slave masters, that is what they had done. 
because I'm almost coming to a conclusion of this lecture. But I'm keep on going to this time to shut it down. Those who are those who have questions uh, of this lecture for tonight, uh, you can call area code nine one zero three six four nine zero nine nine. I say it again, 910-364-9099. Or you can call 314-644-4425. Say it again, 314-644-4425. And if I can answer your questions for you, and uh I try my best, you know, to try to explain what, what you know, uh, what's been said tonight as much as possible. And I must tell you, I am not an all-knower. I don't know everything. I don't, I don't never claim that I'm an all-knower. I'm far, I'm far too intelligent for that, Okay. But for you and the rest of the human family, I say to you all, in the Algonquin Washita language, Mawasama Dukunda, peace family, peace to you all. We are out. Peace.